Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And today we are going to talk about shame. We're going to talk about how shame patterns show up in your life. And we've talked about it before. Yeah, we've talked about shame here and there. We'll mention a few things about it. But there's so many different things to talk about it. This angle today is different. Yes. Not just kind of what it is, but really patterns in relationships. Right. Because I think sometimes we end up having shame or our shame is affecting our relationship in ways that we're not actually aware of. Right. And then we don't address it. We're not sure that it's happening. Yeah. If you don't know what it's happening, then you're definitely not addressing it or seeing your part in how relationship patterns are playing out. And I've been thinking about this. I had a couple come in the other day and if they're listening, they'll They'll know it was them. (laughs) I've actually had a shout out to them before, which is funny. But, and she asked me, somebody had asked her what the key to healthy relationships is. What a great question for like my marriage Mm -hmm. and family therapist. It'll be some profound answer, right? Well, my first reaction was the key to healthy relationships is love, but that's a lot of stuff. Because when I think love, I think of unconditional love versus how we think we love. And we've talked about that in past episodes too. But what I arrived at was managing your shame. And this is probably because I've seen a lot of couples with similar issues recently. And so I've been thinking about it. And how shame is showing up in our lives really Mm -hmm. is at the core of so many of our relationship problems. Mm -hmm. Maybe... Maybe all, I don't know, but yeah, a lot. And a lot, so for sure, that's what I've been thinking about managing shame. And we don't usually think, am I managing my shame? Well, we don't consciously <laughs> like, how does shame, do I feel shame? First of all, like what is shame? Because mm-hmm. we say shame and guilt all the time. Like they're the same Interchangeably. Thing. Yes. And they're not. So I've actually had a lot of clients who are successful when they start to become aware of how shame is showing up in their lives. Right. So right. that's what we're going to talk about. Yes. And I love like, let's touch on, we've talked a little bit before, um, I believe about shame versus guilt and the difference, but let's hit that really quick. Um, shame is I am bad, right? Guilt is I've done something bad, right? And so we're internalizing, when we're taking the experiences and the doing that we're doing in our lives, right? And we internalize that and make that about us inside, um, then that's when it turns into shame. Yeah. Yep. And and it's almost like as a child, everything is shame. It's almost like guilt is a more mature concept Mm -hmm. that you have to grow into. Right. Like you can't expect like little kids or even just, you know, very many kids at all 
to do something wrong, but feel totally fine with who they are. Yes. If they do something wrong, it's, it's me. It's me. I'm bad. I'm a bad kid. Right. And we have our hands full as parents trying to convince them, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Who you are separate from what you do, which we talk to death on these podcasts because I love the concept, but. Well, and it's so critical too, because, and then you, and then you get into, because I think this is so critical to point out as adults, because we need to go back and look at how we responded in childhood. Did I ever actually get out of that place Mm. and were able to distinguish or were there enough big things where maybe my parents didn't show up in the way that I needed at that time that now I've learned to internalize that because it's not just what we do as children. It's not just what as a child I do that. Okay. Now I'm a bad person because I did this bad thing, but it's also what my parents do, what siblings do to that affect me. Right. Mm -hmm. To me or that I happen to be there. They're told straight up. You are bad. Yeah. That's a hard one to square (laughs) with not feeling like you're a bad person. Yeah. 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 So then you see issues where things, bad things happen to children, like, Oh, their parents divorce. And what is one of the most common things that we notice from that, that a child will often take away from that. If, especially if they have not been told the opposite many right. times, is that I did something that it's caused this. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can see where something that's even completely unrelated, especially because, again, children differentiating from their parents, they're not, right, at the beginning. Right. And it takes years of that work to begin and... Uh, work on that differentiation process throughout childhood. So anything that parents are doing or saying or whatever, then is a reflection also on the child's worth right. and stability. So this is this is really big. So if you have a parent that, for example, that makes some really horrendous choices, you're oftentimes going to have a child that then thinks that they are bad. There's mm-hmm. they're going to turn out like said parent. Right. You know, those kinds of things. So this is big and it's important to kind of pull apart and look at, okay, what were things like, you know, when I was a child, did I actually differentiate myself? Did I separate shame versus guilt? You know, do I have that core sense of worth? And, and honestly, I would be shocked if you did. Because right. most, it's most so are, hard to do. Yeah. And then you grow up in a culture that it's based on performance and earning. Yes. And, oh, man, for, for people that are really healthy with this, I'm just jealous. It, yeah. it did not come naturally for me. Um, and so safe to say a lot of us struggle with this in some yes. way. Yes. And maybe you have a pretty good sense of, of, of self-worth. But as we talk about this, you might notice some little patterns where maybe that has crept in or, you know, things where you're noticing, oh, maybe I do have a little bit more shame than I think, right? I think that that is often true, even if we have a pretty good sense of self-worth. Yeah. And that's, I guess, the next thing that we want to make sure that we touch on is um, shame is a low sense of self-worth. Right. Yeah. To, to be separate from you actually have low self-worth it's your sense of your own worth because your worth is is mm-hmm. what 100 percent. 
It's 100%. Hopefully everybody listening said that with Sherry. Yes, yes. Your worth is 100%. So it's your sense of your own worth because you are good. Right. Um, but we just don't believe it. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that's, I think, a really critical piece as we start talking about these patterns and things that, that develop in a relationship, that this is your view right. of yourself. It It is outside of, you know, what other people are telling you or or what you're seeing. Like, this is actually your own perspective on your worth. Yep. And if you're a good person and all of that. So if you're wondering, okay, so what are some patterns that might Ooh. reveal... The shame is showing up in this relationship. Yes. If the key to healthy relationships is managing shame. Mm-hmm. Or a key. I don't know. Like <laughs> The key. The key. Today it's the key. The most important thing. <laughs> it always sounds better when we say it like that, right? Yeah. Yep. A very important part of healthy relationships <laughs> is managing shame. Well, how do I know if maybe I'm showing up in my relationship from a place of shame? Mm-hmm. Or, or even like, like I said, even maybe just a part of your relationship, yeah. like there's yeah. this piece over here that, gosh, when I get in here, man, I do this thing. Yeah. Right. And there's some shame underneath that. Yep. So I think one of the first things that, um, it kind of talks, addresses a lot of these patterns is that there, we have, all of us have these protective parts of ourselves, right? Yep. All of us do. Um, and we develop those typically in childhood. Defensive and, mechanisms. You've mm-hmm. probably heard this before. Yeah. yeah. Or, or just protective mechanisms. Like I, my emotional safety is super important, right? Like I trying to keep that sense of, of safety is a really critical part of all of us. Yeah. Right. And so we develop these protective parts because no one's perfectly, you know, in these experiences growing up where, Everything is perfect all of the time and parents meet your needs exactly in the way that you need every moment of your life, right? Um, And so we develop protective coping mechanisms or defense mechanisms to keep ourselves hopefully in this space of trying to maintain some, some emotional safety, which really is protecting our sense of worth, Yeah. right? Like, it's okay. Well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be safe. I have, I have worth. I'm going to be okay as, as a human being. Right. And I have to control this so that I can maintain that I'm okay. Yes. Like if it's out of control, I'm, I'm no longer okay. It's an mm-hmm. interesting connection. Yeah. And it's interesting to think about how much that has to do often with our view of our worth. Yeah. And, and then you can see very clearly why that would show up in childhood, yeah. right? Yep. If, because as a child, you have a lot less control over what's happening around you, right? Than you do as an adult, then you have less choices, less options. So you can see then why this might show up and develop as a child, right? Because as a child, you have less control of your environment, right? right. Than you do when you're an adult. You don't yep. get to make quite as many decisions, you just don't have as, as much control over your environment. So then it becomes more important then to be able to develop some type of coping mechanism, um, protective strategy, defense mechanism, all these different words that we use to then create some level of control right. in your environment. Yep. Right? And 
And your brain doesn't care how healthy they are. Yes. That's the thing. So we'll develop patterns that aren't actually good for us. You think about uh, maybe masturbation or food or mm -hmm. video games or whatever. Your brain right. is just concerned about what will help ease whatever the pain is. Yes. Any way I can, doesn't matter. Yes. And then we develop patterns. Or pulling that, away from people or, right? you know, yep. putting up walls. You know, a lot of these things are just, yeah, they're, and the other aspect of it is typically it's an attempt to create this safety, but it ends up being right. not actually, right? It's this false sense of security, yep. right? Yep. Because then we're separated from people and we're not actually connecting either with ourselves or others or right and, and you think about you're trying to keep yourself safe and so it's not really in the context of a relationship but then you grow up you keep these same patterns and now you are in a relationship but these weren't developed in a relationship to try or to in balance this relationship or in this relationship right and so now might be a coping strategy to manage a parent right Right, that wasn't very healthy, but yep. now I'm in a relationship with someone who a isn't necessarily doing that. Yes, yeah. so so it's very. Again, I think all this comes back to this this core, you know, phrase that I say all the time in therapy is when you understand people, they make sense. So as we're looking at shame, as shame is kind of a shameful word, you know, you have shame. Mm -hmm. You know, and we think poorly of ourselves for having shame. But part of what we want to do is say, hey, look, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. And yeah. all we want to do is then pull out like, okay, so if this makes perfect sense at some level for you, then where is that showing up? So that now that you know better and have some different skills and more capacity to make choices in your life, you can make a different choice. Yeah. And that can improve your life and your relationships. Yep. So let's then look at some ways that shame can show up in relationship. One thing for me personally, it's not so much about relationships. I mean, it is, but if my children, I've learned this the hard way. If my <laughs> children don't do what I'm asking, I have this real sense of like, they're challenging my authority. Mm. And I need to make sure they do it no matter what. And this makes sense to me in context of my story, uh, wanting everything to be in order or structured mm -hmm. for me to feel okay. Mm -hmm. Now as an feel adult, safe. I understand that to be safe yeah. for me to feel safe. And so if they're not listening, it feels very out of control and chaotic right. for me. And I've noticed, oh man, I get worked up over that. Mm -hmm. And so I need to be patient. I need recognizing that unhealthy pattern that shame has created for me to say, hey, it's okay. There, there's no threat here if they choose to do this or if they choose to do that. It's not Consequences about me and my can worth. do the heavy lifting. And yes. I don't have to be so triggered and take it personally. So that for me was a real um, kind of self-discovery of how my shame was showing up in that relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. I can very distinctly remember sort of the moment that I realized that most of my distress around when my kids were not doing the things that probably should be happening was because I was making it about me. Yeah. 
Like and they're not of, doing what I want them to do. And right? why is that a problem? Because it's not about the relationship. It's about my stuff. Well, for you, why was it icky? Why did it feel off? Why was it not okay? Oh, because I didn't want that. I want to connect with them in a relationship. I want to have that back and forth. I want them to be able to be their own person and to feel love from me and to have that, you know, reciprocated relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, no. This is this is about me. This isn't about my kids yeah. not doing the thing. That's about me. And and I think going back and I'm looking at my childhood was maybe where you were actually expecting that question to go. Definitely, you know, a space of trying to control environment so that yep. I can feel okay. Yep. Right? For sure. So you may notice that. And I think that that goes to a lot of different places, like not having, um, it can actually go to the opposite end as well, right? Where we're not setting or holding boundaries right. at all. So this can also actually go in the opposite direction as well, right? Which makes sense because healthy living is balanced living and we can get pushed to either end, just find whatever suits our own personal personality, right? So the opposite end of that would be um, shame can show up when you are not holding boundaries or not right. having any boundaries. And it may be scary to hold boundaries because the fear is, uh, they won't think well of me. They won't think well of you. They'll reject the boundaries. Yes. They'll reject you. And so easier if I need them to feel a certain way about me to not have boundaries, that would be easier. Right. I don't want to put pressure on them or push them because they may not like that. And they may choose to not be in this relationship over time. Right. Right. And now you can see how that might come from a space of shame. Like this is about how I don't feel okay about me. It also cannot. So you just kind of want to check in with that and say, okay, is this, am I feeling this way? Cause I need them to feel good about me so that I can feel good about me. Or is this maybe coming from a different place? So just check in with that as we're going through these. Cause some of these patterns can show up when there isn't necessarily shame, but it's often there. Yeah. So just check in with that as you're thinking about these patterns. Um, you know, when we don't have boundaries, when we're not holding boundaries, we tend to get fairly enmeshed with the people around us. Right. And so we're constantly in this space of being in their space and trying to manage how they're feeling so that they'll respond in a way that then we can feel okay or safe. So that goes kind of a little bit along with the, the concept of codependency. Yeah. Right. What is codependency? So codependency is you needing to manage what's going on for others so that you can be okay. That's how I tend to describe it. Would you describe it differently? Um, same core. Like I need you to feel good about me for me to be okay. Mm -hmm. Or I need you to think a certain way about me for me to be okay. Mm -hmm. I depend upon your idea of my worth. Yes. To actually have worth. So it's not independent of you. Yes. Yes. Which is why I'm codependent on what you think, do, say. Yes. And why I have to be in your space managing what's going on there. Right. And walking on eggshells a lot of times or just being hyper vigilant a lot of times to try to manage all of that so that 
everything can work out okay for me. Yeah. So, and then when you have that independent sense of self-worth, then you, it's okay for them to think however it is that they decide to think. Yep. Because they're their own person, right? And they can have their own opinions that can be totally different from yours. And if that then causes a problem, what they choose to think or do in relation to you, if that becomes an issue or problem, then you just set a boundary. Right. And, and you're good no matter what they think. Mm-hmm. Not that you're not uncomfortable with it or disappointed in it or sad for where the relationship is, but you're confident in you enough that it's okay that they feel or think the way they do. Right. And without that, I don't know that you can hold boundaries. Right. It's kind of one of those things if couples come in and they're having some really serious issues, one of the first things I'll ask is, are you prepared to leave this relationship? If you're not prepared to hold that kind of a boundary, it'll be really, really hard to hold other boundaries. Anything less. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll want to, in order to save the relationship, do things that aren't healthy or stay in these unhealthy patterns. And so it's almost a gauge, yes. hey, can you hold boundaries that actually make the relationship better? And if not, that's okay. Let's process that and figure it out. Right, right. So then other patterns could look like overly focusing on yourself or the other person, um, which can look like a lot of different things. One of those yeah. things is can, can be taking too much responsibility for the relationship and what's going on or not enough. Like yeah. you're kind of checking out because of shame. Right. So, and sometimes when we take too much responsibility, we're like, we're trying to compensate for our lack of worth. Like I'm going to prove yeah. that I have worth. I'm going to prove that it's okay that I, um, that I can be in this relationship and I'm worthy of love. Right. And, and sometimes that ends up being a problem because if you've taken too much responsibility and everything is on you, then oftentimes you may not actually see the good things that they're doing in the relationship. Right. Um, and we could probably talk about that for a long time, but we're just going to gloss I mean, over that's, that. I mean, <laughs> that's at the core, really, of so many of these unhealthy patterns created by shame is you're mm-hmm. just so caught up in you, how you yeah. feel, what's going on for you, what you're thinking, that there's not the time and energy going into your partner and their feelings and where they're at. Yeah. And it's not intentional. Which it's not is, malicious. It's just... It's this interesting space, too, because you can be thinking... That you are actually yeah. dumping all of this time and energy and everything <laughs> yep. into the other person. Like I just, I'm trying so hard to do all these things for them, blah, 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 blah. But, but why? Like what's the motive? And oftentimes when you pull that apart, if you're doing too much, it's because, oh, it, I'm actually like trying to prove that I'm worthy right. of love. Yep. Or I'm trying to make up for this flaw that I see as affecting my worth. Right. So it can look like a pull back, but it can also look like you're doing all of this stuff with really, but you are actually still way too focused on yourself mm-hmm. and it's about you. So that's kind of a little bit of that, that overcompensating concept. And then just another pattern you might notice is enabling or doing things out of fear in your relationship. Um, you know, again, stop and consider is this, about my worth. Yeah. What am I afraid of? What am I most afraid of? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people say, I'm most afraid of them leaving me. 
because what does it mean yes, about because, you? That's usually what Yes. And so you want to do some digging yep. to the because. Because why? Well, my greatest fear is that I'm unlovable and I need to be perfect and I mm -hmm. have to perform. Just me by myself is not enough. Why would I be totally accepted? Why would I have a place or, or find belonging with all my stuff? Yeah. Got a lot of stuff and it scares me. Yes. And so if you're with me, I'm lucky. And if you're not with me, I don't know if I can find somebody else. Right. Yes. And even that I'm lucky and kind of putting them up on that pedestal is about your own worth, right? Like I wouldn't be worthy of that relationship right. otherwise. Yeah. So here are some, right? This is definitely not an exhaustive list of patterns that can show up in relationship that might be unhealthy yep. or that are unhealthy that are, might be caused by shame, I yes. guess is a better way to say yes. that, right? And, and in the future, we'll talk then about, okay, how do we then, if you listen to this and go, oh, I, I can see some little things, right? Then we'll talk about, okay, increasing, how do we increase our sense of self-worth how do we create this space where then I can change those patterns because I have 100% worth? Yeah, and if I'm showing up from a place of worth and value, um, I'm giving them permission to figure their stuff out yes. and meet me in the middle versus they're constantly reacting to my yes. acting. Yes. And it's this out-of-balance system that's and I don't know I think you probably see this just as much as I do how so often whatever the pattern is there's the reaction to the shame of the other per you know yep. the other person's oh, yeah. stuff and it's a shame and so then I'm reacting everybody's, to that everybody's stuck in shame mm -hmm. and they just feed off each other absolutely yeah. yep so if you're noticing some of those patterns or maybe as you're thinking about it you're noticing other patterns that we didn't even talk about today then tune in later and we will talk about increasing your sense of self-worth and eliminating shame or managing it. Piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there are some really good things. So. so catch us next time. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.